we invite you once again to Romans chapter 12. Today we are looking at one verse in chapter 12. That is verse 15. And we are reading today from the Amplified Version. Romans chapter 12, reading from the Amplified Version. Verse 15 of Romans chapter 12 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. In other words, sharing others' joy. The verse ends very simply by saying, and weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. We ask God to bless his word this morning. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you from the subject and attitude of empathy. An attitude of empathy. Of all the attitudes that we have discussed over the past several weeks since the first Sunday in June, perhaps none are more challenging than the one chosen for today's message, an attitude of empathy. When we use the word empathy, it is defined in Merriam-Webster's dictionary simply as the feeling that you understand and share another person's experience and emotions. Empathy is the ability to share someone else's feelings. Ability to share someone else's emotions. It is, empathy is, the capacity for sharing vicariously the feelings and the emotions. Vicariously means that you don't feel the physical pain, but you feel the emotional strain that someone is going through. To, to share those emotions, to vicariously feel those emotions of others. It is, empathy is, Seeing and understanding a situation through another person's perspective. Selfish people are not usually people with empathy. Because selfish people only cares about themselves. Not about what someone else feels is 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 nothing to be selfish. Listen to this wonderful quote that I found from President Barack Obama, who is quoted as saying as he was talking to world leaders about the necessity of world peace. He says this, Pastor Lawson, this wonderful quote that stuck with me, and I quote, he says, learning to stand in somebody else's shoes to see through someone else's eyes. That's how peace began. President Barack Obama went on to say, and I quote, empathy is a quality of character that can change the world. I like that. Empathy involves your character. People with no character usually have no empathy. Empathy is not somebody with a great resume, not someone with a huge bank account, 
Not someone who can list all of their successes. But empathy involves character. And empathy can change the world. Listen, if more people worked on having an attitude of empathy, then we would have in this world today less strife, less division, and a lot more peace and harmony. And I should say not only in the world, but in the church also. The church would be a lot better off. People were less concerned about their own selves and their own accomplishments. And they're able to empathize with others. Jesus was our great example. For the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, the NIV translation says this about Jesus. The author of the book of Hebrews writes these words, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus was the example. We see that in John chapter 11. John chapter 11 is the narrative about Lazarus, Jesus's close friend. Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. You know the story. I have preached it many times before. Lazarus died. Jesus delayed coming to Bethany uh, in order for a miracle to happen. And the Bible says that when Jesus arrived on the scene, that Lazarus now had been dead for days. And Mary and Martha met him uh, both separately and both said the same thing to Jesus. If only you had been here, our brother would not have died. The Bible says the villagers cried. Mary and Martha cried. The 35th verse of John chapter 11 is the shortest verse in the Bible. However, it perhaps says more about Jesus than any other verse. It simply says, Jesus wept. Notice he didn't cry for them. He cried with them. What does this say about Jesus? The King of Kings, the Savior, the man who had all power in his hands. The Bible says Jesus wept. We see another example of Jesus' empathy that's found in Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through verse 15. The NIV translation, it says this, and I'll read it because it's so important. Look at what it says. Soon after Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. Woman who had lost her husband, she now loses her only son. And a large crowd from the town was with her. 
when Jesus or when the Lord saw her, look at this. This is the part I want to call to your attention. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. In other words, he had empathy for her and said to the woman, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin they were carrying on him or touched the bed in which he was on. Those who carried the pallbearers stood still. Jesus said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. This is the Jesus we serve. This is the Lord we serve. And if the Bible tells us, let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus, shouldn't we have this attitude? Shouldn't we treat people the way Jesus? Shouldn't we weep with them? Shouldn't we feel for someone who's hurting so deeply? It's not all about you. What is so sad is that the people who've received the most empathy, the people who receive the greatest degree of forgiveness are usually the ones that are harder on everybody else. There is a good example of that that I want to add to this message that's found in Matthew's chapter 18, verses 23 and 35. I want to share something with you in this text, Matthew 18, 23 and 35. It, it really talks about those who have been given so much, but yet they refuse to anyone else. It's about a servant whose master forgave him, and he could not forgive a servant of his. Look at the text. NLT, indulge me for a moment. I wanted to add this since the 8 o'clock service. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of the debtors was brought in who owed millions of dollars to the king. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife and his children and everything he owned be sold to pay his debt. But the man fell down before the master and begged him saying, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master, here's the part that I want to point out, filled with pity. Now the translation can be filled with empathy for him. His master released the man and forgave his debts. But look what happened to this man. Look how the man responded in verse 28. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Remember, he owed millions. This little servant owed him thousands of dollars. This man grabbed the servant by the throat and the man instant payment. His fellow servants fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will repay it, the man pleaded. But his creditors wouldn't wait. He had the man, the one who had been forgiven, he had the man arrested 
put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Verse 31 says, when some other servants saw this, they were rightly very upset. They went to the king, the king who had forgiven this man, and told him everything that had happened. The king called in the man that he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Verse 34, then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt, which was millions of dollars. That's what my heavenly father, Jesus says, would do if you refuse to forgive your brothers and your sisters from your heart. In other words, Jesus says, don't expect it if you can't offer it. If you who have received so much are so nasty and impatient and so intolerant of others, then God will bring it back to you. It pays to treat people right. Am I right about it? It pays. Deacon Abbott Simmons, Bishop Randolph Jackson used to preach a message. I think he preached this message for a whole week. The same thing. It's nice to be nice. It's nice to be nice. Treat people right. This is the will of God as it relates to you. As we turn to the text, this very short verse in this text, Romans chapter 12 talks about an attitude, a changing of attitudes. Verse two of Romans chapter 12 uh, says, we are transformed by changing the way we think. In other words, Paul throughout this chapter talks about how God transforms us. Really being a Christian is not about how you sing or shout, it's not about the titles you possess, it is about how you treat others. The greatest sign of your relationship with God, not about your spiritual gifts, but about your attitudes. Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, possess all the spiritual gifts, but if you don't have love, you are like sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. In other words, you're making a lot of noise, but you're not making a difference. So Paul goes on in Romans chapter 12 and writes this to these new converts who have been, had been transformed by their faith in Jesus Christ. You know what it says. We've preached from this same chapter for the last two or three weeks. He talks about an attitude of hospitality. He talks about an attitude of forgiveness. He says, don't curse those who curse you. Bless them. He says, uh, you ought to forgive others who've done something to you. But then he moves to verse 15. And I said to someone earlier today, in my 25 years of being a pastor, 40 years of ministry, this is perhaps the first time I've preached a message on empathy. 
And, and I feel embarrassed, okay? Because God says it has to be taught. Look at verse 15, Romans chapter 12, verse 15. What I think God wants us to know is that if we are going to be a strong believer, if we're going to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, it's not by the gifts we possess, it's by the attitudes we display. Treat people right. Be nice to folk. Oh, the, I had a conversation with my granddaughter who's all of 13 years old and she's going through 13 year old stuff with friends and others and she began to tell me all about a little disagreement she and some of her friends had and I said to her, I says, Kimmy, do me a favor. Uh, I says, call your friend and tell your friend you're sorry and, and you want to still be a friend. She said, granddaddy, why should I do that? I said, because it's the right thing to do. And she said, they will never do that for me. I said, that's why you are who you are. Amen. It's hard. In life, we've got to teach young people that it's not an eye for an eye. One of my favorite quotes is Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi says, and this quote is on my desk. It says, an eye for an eye for everybody will leave the whole world blind. Think about that. If everybody uh, practiced an eye for an eye, we would all be blind because all of us have something somebody else has done to us. And all of us have done something to someone else. And so Paul writes this marvelous verse, verse 15. First time I've preached from it in 40 years. Paul says this in this verse, he teaches them about empathy. And there are three key insights that I want to share from this text and I'll take my seat. I'm almost done. Number one is this, and don't miss this. Insight number one, Paul tells us, we are to rejoice with those that rejoice. In other words, we are to celebrate with others when something good happens in their lives. And we are to do this without jealousy or without envy. In other words, it can't all be about your party. You ought to be able to celebrate somebody else's success. When someone else says to you that I've been blessed with this blessing, you ought to feel great. And although it hasn't happened to you because it happened to them, you ought to feel good. Don't just celebrate when good things happen to you. You've got to learn how to clap for somebody else's successes. Come on. You've got to learn how to celebrate the good that someone else, and I will tell you this, even in the church, Pastor Mac, I am so disappointed with the amount of envy and jealousy that exists between church leaders over what they call erroneously their ministry. And just for the record, none of us have a ministry. None of us have a church. The last time I checked, Jesus says, upon this rock, Dr. Cheryl Washington, I will build my church. Not Jackson Church, not anybody else, but the church belongs to the Lord. So much jealousy, so much envy. Listen to what 
is written in the book of Job chapter 5 and verse 2 about jealousy. Job 5 and 2, the New Living Translation says, surely resentment destroys the fool. These aren't my words. These are in the Bible. Resentment destroys, and the Bible calls you a fool. Not Pastor Jackson. The Bible says, if you have resentment in your heart, you are a fool. And it will destroy your life. And then it says, and jealousy kills the simple-minded. Perhaps the reason you haven't achieved at the level that you wish you would be today is because your attitude's unright. Check out if there's any animosity, jealousy, or envy in your heart. Second key insight from this one verse, verse 15, Romans chapter 12, is this. Not only are we to rejoice with those who rejoice, but Paul writes, we are to weep with those that weep. Note, Paul did not say weep for them. He said we are to weep with them. There are a whole lot of people who are for you, but not with you. Slow that down, because <laughs> I don't want you to miss this. There are a whole lot of people that are for you, but they'll never be with you. They are for you from afar, but when you're going through your worst times, there are nowhere to be found. They say, I got your back, but they never come to your rescue. <laughs> Who am I preaching to? Don't tell me you're for me when you can't stand with me. Being for me is being with me. In the bunker, we've got retired military uh, professionals in here that have served in such a, a brave way of their country. And a lot of these men and women in this congregation have led other men. And you only want a certain kind of person, Deacon Melton, Pastor Lawson, in the foxhole with you. Amen. You, you, you don't want to get buried in a foxhole with a backstabber. Am I right about it? You don't want a selfish person. You don't want somebody who's only concerned about their own safety and not yours. That's a good way of getting all of you killed. But true Christianity is when you're with someone and being with them is this. Listen to how that is described in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Paul writes this, carry one another's burdens. Being with them means I'll carry your struggle. You don't have to carry it alone. Being with you is doing what that man of color did for Jesus on his way to Calvary when he picked up the cross and carried it. Carry someone else's Burdens. In this way, you fulfill the requirement of the law of Christ. That is the law of Christian love. Carry somebody's burdens. Stop obsessing about your own success or like thereof. And I'm convinced that if you are concerned about helping somebody else become successful, then God will bless you. 
you'll wake up and won't even realize when it happens. God will turn things around in your life and you won't even know how blessed you are. God will give you promotions you didn't apply for. God will give you blessings you didn't ask for. God will open the window of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing. If you want a blessing, become a blessing. And watch God bless you. And then here's the third and the final insight. And I've added this one. It says this. We should remember. <laughs> we should remember. This isn't in the text, but it's from the text. We should remember that one day we also may need someone to rejoice and to weep with us. You know that story I told you about my granddaughter? She asked the question, Granddaddy, why should I do it? I said, because one day you're going to want someone to do that for you. We all make mistakes. We all go through hardships and heartaches. And if we can't weep with someone, don't expect anyone to show up to weep with you. If you can't rejoice over someone else, don't be surprised when nobody wants to come to your party. <laughs> don't be surprised when they got to beg people to show up for things for you. I've learned that the most popular people in the world are the people who help others. Because when they're in need, you don't have to beg anyone to help them. Ooh, huh? Uh, Gwen, when I saw all of the people went down to your mother's funeral in Beaufort on a hot summer day, I said, it is because she's responded to so many other people. And when you are nice to others, you don't have to ask anybody to show up. Other people got in cars and drove just to be there. Don't expect people to be there for you, by the way if you're not there for someone else. Attitudes matter. Tell somebody attitudes matter. Listen, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Now as you stand to your feet and we prepare to conclude today's message. There's one last thing I want to leave you with. I want you to take note of this one last thing. And I've put this on the board for you. An attitude of empathy, listen to this, is not usually a natural reaction. Go down a little bit, guys. An attitude of empathy as the praise team comes is not usually a natural reaction. What are you saying, Pastor Jackson? People aren't by their nature empathetic. You aren't born empathetic. It's not usually your nature. It is the nature of humanity to look out for themselves. There's an old cliche that says self-preservation is the first law of nature. And so if you're going to put others' needs above yours, if you're going to weep with others, 
if you will rejoice over others' success, that's not a natural occurrence. So how does it happen, Pastor Jackson? I suggest to you that it only happens when the Lord changes your heart. Am I right about it? If you want to be a real nice person, ask God to work on your heart. If you want to be a person who shows empathy and concern for others, because it won't happen naturally. You, you would naturally gravitate. There's, an, there's a, a great example in psychology today about something. And I laugh because I've seen it so many times, Pastor Jackson, as the praise team comes. And so the psychologists, the scientists, took a valuable gift and they left it somewhere. And people found it. And they said to the people who found the gift, it's yours, just do what you want with the gift. 80% Deacon Carlos of the people kept it. <laughs> Another 5% gave it to somebody close to them, 85%. Only 15% of the people thought about blessing somebody else. And the article says, that's natural. That's the flesh. But the good news is that our flesh has been changed by the Spirit of God. And I ask you the question, what if you found a gift? Will you immediately take it home and say, I keep this for myself? Or will you give it to somebody in your family or close to you? Or would your first thought be, can I bless somebody else? Ooh, huh? That only happens when God changes our heart. So my personal prayer has been in my own personal life. Lord, I don't, I don't need you to perfect my theology. School did a decent job with that. <laughs> I don't, I don't really need you to perfect my ability to articulate my ability to convince people through the spoken word. But I need you to change my heart so that before they hear me, they'll see me. And before they hear a word out of my mouth, they'll see the love out of my heart and say, now that's a child of God. And the only way I've learned to be empathetic with others is to ask God to change my heart. That's my own testimony. I'm not sure about yours, but I am convinced that there are some of you in here today that are just like me, and you need God to work on your heart. The altar is open. If you desire to come, as you come with your mask on some distance, ask God to change your heart. One of my favorite songs is written by Tamala Mann. It is the altar call song that Janelle Mitchell and praise and worship team was saying today. Change me, oh God. Make me more like you.
Is that the testimony of anyone in here? Anyone want to be more like him? Change me, oh God. I need you to wash me through and through. Create in me a clean heart that I may worship you. Janelle, praise to you. Change me, oh God. If you want prayer and you desire to come to the altar, if you're at home, wherever you are, wherever you are, it can be your altar. Saint Janelle, uh, yeah, uh, wash me through, wash me through, through. Uh, mm. just create, create. ah, yeah, a, a clean, clean, so that I, so that uh, I may uh, worship you. Say it again for us, Janelle. Change me. Ah, come on, someone. Change me. Is there anyone want God to change your heart? Right? Make me a better person, Lord. Make me better. More. Change me. Yeah. Wash me through. Anybody want the Lord change to change you? Change That's my Will personal you testimony. Lord, yeah, change. change. Me, Lord. change me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I need you to change me. Yeah. Do I have any witness out there? Tell the Lord to change me. Oh, Lord. Change me. From the crown. in the house that want the Lord to change you. Change. Change my heart, Lord. Come on. Change me. Change. Change my heart. Change me, Lord. I need you to change my mind. Wonderful change. change has come over has me. Come over uh, I'm not the same person 
I used to be, Lord, and I'm glad about it. Yeah. Oh, uh, a wonderful. Anybody glad that you have the change? only way you can really become the person that God desire for you to become is that God has to change your heart because if God doesn't change our hearts we will always be vindictive we will always be selfish we will always be self-centered but when God changes our heart it no longer all revolves around us. But you'll wake up in the mornings thinking, how can I help somebody else? How can I encourage someone else? And when you see someone else's sorrows, when you see someone else weep, you will weep with them huh? not crocodile fake tears because nobody is around to pat you on the back but you would do things privately to help others that the public would never know anything about because that's who you are <laughs> that's the kind of God we serve but this can only happen where there is a relationship with God. So here's my challenge as we prepare to pray. If you have not gotten there yet, whew, some of us are grown people and we've been acting like this for a long time. But it's never too late. If you want to be a better person, then you need to examine your relationship with God. Because if the vertical relationship is right, the horizontal relationships will get right. But the horizontal relationships can never get right until the vertical relationship is right. There are numbers on the screen if you're here in this sanctuary, there are men and women of God at the back of this church and they're standing there ready to pray with you, pray for you, to talk with you. Uh, anything you want to talk about, <laughs> no pressure on you. We, we are not in the business of expanding our membership in this church. God would take care of that. 
but I want more light, more salt of the earth to be developed as a result of the word of God. I just want you to be nicer. Treat people right. Represent the kingdom in a great way and God will take care of everything else. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. Lord, we thank you for this series. Thank you for this message as unique as it is. Thank you for challenging me to preach about empathy. Thank you for challenging me to challenge all of us to allow you to change our hearts. Help us to drop that selfish, vindictive spirit. Help us to forget about who has hurt us. Help us to concentrate on who we can help. God bless us as you bless someone else. As we bless your house, you'll bless our house. As we, as you bless us, we will bless others. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. A wonderful change. And all of those who love the Lord said amen has come over. Come on. Ah. In the back of the church, talk to somebody. We remind you of our vision offering. Thank you for your participation. Uh, Don't forget the $7 vision offering to help do what God said that God would do. Come on, sing praise with the team. Yeah, yeah. for the word of God. What an awesome, awesome word, an attitude of empathy. Thank you so much for that awesome word, Pastor Jackson. As we prepare to enter into our holy communion, those of you that are here in the worship center can be seated. And those of you at home, if you would gather your holy communion together, we're going to give you time to participate virtually with us. And then we'll come back We'll read our communion scripture, administer the communion, and then we'll pronounce our benediction. Our praise team is going to give us uh, communion selection as we enter into Holy Communion also.
Center, if you're viewing us virtually, if you will honor God, if you can, stand wherever you are as we participate in our holy communion service. The scripture says, for I've received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. As we prepare to enter into our holy communion, once again, we want to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on Calvary. And he said to his disciples, take, eat, this is my cup, which is broken for you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed. For as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. Let us commune together. Amen. Thank you for participating in Holy Communion. To those of you that are viewing us virtually, thank you for participating in Holy Communion. Join us on next Sunday at 8 and at 11 o'clock. And remember that we are following the CDC guidelines. We are going to ask everyone to wear their mask. We're going to ask that you let us pray for our benediction at this time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. For the word of God, 
God, we pray for the attitude of empathy, and we thank you for that profound word. God, we ask that you bless us as we leave this place, but never your presence. If we're returning to our homes, God, we ask that you let us find peace and let us help us over the dangerous highways. Thank you, God, for those that are viewing virtually. We ask that you bless them. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, we pray and all of God's children said amen. Thank you. God bless you. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, or if you are moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.